Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please follow your child's lead. I am a mother of two young children and a pediatric speech-language pathologist. I specialize in work with very young children, but this, of course, is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under close adult supervision. For a more complete story of strength and words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, www.strengthandwords.com. And if you enjoy this episode, I do hope you'll take just a moment of your time to leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. This allows us to reach more families and share our values of education, simplicity, and respect when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yell it, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello. Hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children, hello to the grown-ups, hello, 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 hello. Hello to your friends, hello to my friends, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'm going to help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 hello everybody, hello everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we're speaking with Tracy Kutchlow, author of the book Zero to Five, so let's give her a special welcome. Hello to Tracy, hello to Tracy, hello, 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 hello to all our new friends, hello to all our old friends, hello, 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 one last time. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 52 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I'm speaking with Tracy Kutchlow, an award-winning journalist, author of the international bestseller Zero to Five, 70 Essential Parenting Tips Based on Science, and editor of the best-selling brain development books Brain Rules for Baby, Brain Rules for Aging Well, and Brain Rules. She is a licensed language of listening coach. She is a mom, a recovering perfectionist, a triathlete, a yogi, and a nature girl. Tracy, welcome to Strength in Words. <laughs> Thanks so much. I have asked you to come onto the show today to speak about a few ideas related to sort of positive parenting and specifically the language of listening. But first, let's just hear a little bit about you and what brought you to the kind of work that you're doing today. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, I started out in journalism. I was used to being very competent in my career, <laughs> then had a baby and didn't feel so competent anymore. So um... Very relatable. <laughs> 
what really brought me to this work was feeling scared that I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And because of that perfectionism that you mentioned, my approach was to really research all of the possible options to find the absolute best and really use science as a way of guiding me because after having edited those brain development books, I knew there was such good information out there that I needed, that that other parents needed. But I wanted to know, you know, like one level deeper, like how exactly would I apply this as a parent? Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, the books would say that sign language is great for communicating with a baby and here are all the, the benefits that it has for brain development. But I wanted to know, like, how did researchers teach this baby's sign language? Right, those actionable, sort of applicable strategies and tips that we can all use to actually implement things that that we learn about. Yeah, very practical. And just, you know, most books have a lot of words in them. (laughs) And when you're with a newborn baby, you just don't have the mental bandwidth for all of that. Like, to dig back through all the books that I'd read and try to find just the how-to tips was too much. And so the book that I wrote is really, (laughs) for me trying to solve those problems, I figured I was not the only one who would have them. Um, Yep. (laughs) And so my book is really like one tip per page, chunks of information, very practical, and pretty, you know, it doesn't look like homework. So. <laughs> right. And a, a coffee table parenting book. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's really what it is. But then the way that I came to language of listening in particular, you know, around age two or three, things start to get difficult in a different way where uh, there's so much what feels like defiance and things about that are things come up in your from your own childhood like things start triggering you that you didn't even really know were there and so I went off on a search again to find the best tools that I could for discipline and I felt like language of listening really kind of synthesized everything that I knew about brain development and was understanding about positive parenting it's really like a simple framework for it so Great. Well, we'd love to hear a little bit more about that. If you can tell us about the language of listening and then really just sort of get us started on some of the basics about its foundations, you know, what it is exactly. Yeah. It's really, it's a way of communicating with children that is really focused on acknowledgement and on their strengths. Mm-hmm. And so often we're focused on what our kids are doing wrong, what we would prefer them to be doing instead, and that deficit model really. Yeah. And when you think about it, you know, how does that interaction leave your kid feeling about themselves? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for many of us, the model that we have for how we would communicate with kids is very much about like, well, I expect you to obey me immediately, to just do what I say because I'm the one who's asking you. And when you don't, then we take it personally and it's like an affront and then it's things start escalating and there's no good place to go from there. <laughs> yeah. So, and what I found with this language of listening is that when you start from this place of connecting with your child and really acknowledging where they are in that moment, it's amazing for cutting down on these power struggles, just like not even getting into the escalation. And it's just a very accepting um, way of being, like really paying attention to who your child is and accepting that and looking for ways for them to meet the needs that they have in that moment. 
And mm-hmm. I think about walking in on a kid who's, well, here's an example. I, I walked in on my daughter in the bathroom. She was up on the counter <laughs> spraying the mirror with a water bottle. <laughs> and my first thought was like, ah, what are you doing up there? What are, what are you doing, you know? But what I, what I was able to say instead, because of language was, was oh, you're spraying water on the mirror. <laughs> because the first... The first step of it is to just say what you see in the moment. And doing that lets you come at the situation without a judgment about it. Which, of course, (laughs) if we start with the judgment, then we're only setting ourselves up for defensiveness and power struggles and all of that. Exactly. And it's Um, amazing how early our children learn that they need to defend themselves against a judgment. I mean, that's... I, I find that just well, fascinating. Sure, yeah. Nobody wants to feel like they're wrong, right? Yeah. Or they're bad. Or Yeah, it's funny. I think kids are clearly their own people. They have their own ways of doing things, their own wants and likes. And it, I think there's this period where it's kind of hard for us to, to get that because as, as infants, we're so used to them being so reliant on us and we're doing everything for them and, and when their personality pops out it's just like wait a minute what happened exactly yeah what wait a second you've got your own way of doing things and it's not always in cahoots with how I'm doing it yeah yeah and we have to learn to really live together you know I mean and understand that we can't really control another person and mm-hmm. um, and our role with our child is more about coaching than behavior management. So the other thing that that say what you see step does is just allow you to kind of pause for a second. (laughs) I was going to say that's a really useful tool pretty much for any relationship. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So in that kind of split second, I was able to realize like, okay, if you're going to play with water, the bathroom's a pretty darn good place for that. And so then I was able to notice more about the situation, right? And I, mm-hmm. instead of getting upset, I said, oh, it looks, it's almost like you're painting with water. Like, look at these little patterns. And then, you know, here's a towel for you to wipe up the mirror when you're done. <laughs> yeah, so it really could have been a completely different situation where she would have felt bad about being up on the counter, about making a mess on the mirror, all of that. And instead, she leaves feeling like, oh, I'm a creative person. <laughs> making a painting on the mirror and my mom expects me to clean it up when I'm done exactly and you leave I mean I think for many parents it's so important to sort of reframe this in well this is not about you know just allowing our children to roam wild this is about actually managing our own expectations and allowing us to look at why we've made a rule what good that rule is and and what it is about our parenting or our discipline strategy that's important and maybe not so important that is so critical yeah. it's easy to make a ton of rules um and not even know where they came from but yeah to sit step back and say what are my real values here like Mm -hmm. when we can operate from our deepest values that is huge and And look what we're doing for our children when we do that absolutely it's not always that that simple obviously but (laughs) that's great such an important guidance for us and a way to stay connected with our intuition you know I do value creativity and independence and and so 
was able to go back to those things in that moment. <laughs> yeah, well said. I love that. Well, what's behind, you know, there's a lot behind all of that, right? Yeah. You said, you know, this is not about just letting your child run wild. And that's true. What it's really about is understanding that children have several needs that they are meeting. They're meeting one of those needs in any given moment. Yeah. And what we can do is look for what that need is and help them meet it, but in a way that's okay with us. Mm-hmm. So in language of listening, which was developed by Sandy Blackard in Out of Play Therapy, she's kind of synthesized the needs of children down into three, connection, experience, and power. And yeah, so when you're in a situation with your child, instead of just reacting or taking something personally, it's so useful to have this lens of, oh, which need is my child trying to meet right there? You know, with the bathroom, it would have been experience, right? Right. And so I could look at that and say, yeah, okay, she's getting this experience. It actually is okay with me. The rule that I have is about cleaning up, you know, afterwards. So, So I can focus on that and it's all good. So experience is about, you know, how children, use their bodies in the world what what they can do and connection is is obviously you know that feeling of love and belonging and power such an important one to know that all of these three needs are are healthy needs for our children's growth and they have this natural drive to meet those needs that that kind of flip of, of power being a healthy need was really important for me to see that, yeah, we all need that feeling of control over our lives and, and to look for ways to provide that for my child just in small ways throughout the day. Like, you know, with a toddler, it's really about, you know, do you want the blue cup or the red cup? You know, very simple choices, but that gives them that, that sense of control. In a, in a world that is rapidly expanding for them brain-wise like literally right (laughs) um they they do that's that is I think such a key point is the fact that they need to feel in control about something when their world is getting bigger so I mean we all we all have that it's an innate human need for sure so that reframing of okay well you can have the power within this specific way that I'm comfortable about giving you either of these choices. And I think that's really the key because I I do think we hear, oh, give your child choices. And many, many parents and caregivers think, well, too many choices isn't good for a child or you're giving him too much control because you're giving him so many options. But to me, it's really all about giving two options that you're comfortable with either of them. And ultimately, it's essentially, you know, you you can have either of these things so that we are going to get to this thing that I am actually in charge of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you have to pay attention to which what scenarios you're giving your child the option in for sure it's not like do you want to bike or drive that's not their (laughs) choice and you're not giving them options when you really actually want them to pick this one right it's not like an agenda you can't have an agenda behind it it really is and yeah and it's not well what would you like for breakfast one of these six things it's really just these two yeah (laughs) two choices that Mm -hmm. you're okay with 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's great. So when can parents start using these techniques related to the language of listening, would you say, Tracy? Is it something that families also with infants and toddlers of all developmental levels can use as well? You know, with an infant, it's, well, I mean, there's actually three parts to it. And I mentioned the first one, say what you see, being your first reaction in any situation. The next is, if you see something that you don't like, is to give a can-do, which Mm. is something your child could do instead that meets that need that you identified. Experience, Um, power, or connection. Yep. Mm -hmm. An alternative that would help them meet that need. So if they were jumping on the couch or something and you had a rule against that, I used to have a rule that you could only jump on the couch because we lived in a condo with people below us, but (laughs) probably well, that you can't jump on the couch, <laughs> then you would think, okay, my child really needs to be very physical right now with their body. So mm-hmm. the alternative that I give couldn't be something like, why don't you go do that puzzle? It would be more about where you can jump, you know, or when you could jump. So that's the can do. Nice. And then the third part is to name a strength. And that's such a beautiful, I love really integrating that into, you know, so many of our interactions with our kids. And that is about looking for whatever, whatever you can come up with. It could be even in a moment where they've thrown something, could you even find a strength in that? Like (laughs) that they threw something soft or that they were about to, but they didn't. And they really showed self-control or it's much easier when they shared something with their little friend and you can name for that, you know, they shared that. That was kind. That was generous. That's nice. Or even like I think with your example of your daughter spraying the mirror, what would you say in in something like that situation? I could say, oh, you're, it looks, it almost looks like you're painting on the mirror. You're really creative. Yeah. Uh, or I could say, you know what? You wanted to play with water and you found a great place to do that in the bathroom. That's really responsible. I don't know. There's no formula to it. It's, right. Yeah. Um, just examples. Yeah. yeah. It could be, and you can also maybe, if you forget that part, you can come back later and and say, oh, you know, when that happened, I noticed this about you. And the beautiful thing about it, too, is that it's, because it's so specifically tied to what they're doing in that moment, they really have this proof that, yes, this is the kind of person that I am. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, it's not only is it specific, but it's you're naming that quality. And I love that because, you know, we hear so much about this sort of empty praise that often happens when we're trying to do that, right? Like, good job, or you're doing great, or or something like that. You're you're so good. But if we give an actual quality or or attribute, then it's much more powerful because it's an actual example of how we're doing that. I think that's beautiful. Yes. And and it's important to define those qualities because they're nebulous, right? Like, what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be smart? That doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah, responsible and creative and generous are are much more specific. Yeah, and for them to know in that moment that this particular thing that they did means that, you know, the reason it's so key is that people, all of us, we behave based on who we believe we are. And, you know, as parents, we're helping define that for our kids by the words that we use. Yes. I think in a roundabout way, we've already touched upon the fact that this is something we can do from birth. 
especially those things. Naming qualities are one thing that I encourage families to do just as a means to engage in interaction with a baby who's really just sort of inputting everything is to name an action that they're doing or talk about what it is they're doing and and really narrate what a child is is up to or what you're doing. But giving even, what's the word, like assigning qualities or traits to to those behaviors is something you can do from very early on. I'm thinking of when my now 13-month-old was, you know, just starting to sit up around six, seven months, and he would, you know, start grabbing something from within a basket. I mean, you can certainly say something like, I love how you're getting that from right there. You're really working hard. You're I love how you're problem solving, you're figuring that out. And that it's all just about sort of naming what's going on, but also naming the qualities of what that looks like. Yeah, so, and it's good practice for us too, you know. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, for infants, you're not going to do the can-do step. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Around 18 months, two years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. wonderful. All right, let's take just a very brief break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we are going to hear a few tips and resources from Tracy about the language of listening and other positive parenting strategies. We weren't meant to parent in isolation. The Strength in Words Community Lab brings you peace of mind you have what matters when you need it most. We're your parenting brain trust the place where you can have adult conversations about your baby's babbling and where you're lifted up rather than bogged down. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that is not one-size-fits-all. To join us in finding joy in the mayhem, take your free one-week trial and join us at community.strengthandwords.com. All right, Tracy, you've given us so many great basic strategies about what language of listening is and how we can implement it. Can you give us a few more tips for parents and caregivers about different ways to best implement strategies like the ones you've described with our infants and toddlers? Maybe I think one thing that we just touched upon is that idea of maybe starting early and getting the practice because, of course, it's one thing to say, like, look, here are the steps that you can do. Here are the tenets that are this method or set of strategies is based upon but like what helped you specifically for instance when you were learning about it what were some of the things that helped remind you to use these strategies and what are some tips that you like to give to parents and caregivers yeah the first is to just focus on say what you see and don't worry about the rest yeah and that's it's actually it's so simple but it's amazing how powerful that is and I think it's just a kind of a simple phrase to keep in your mind like say what you see say what you see just and then as you you know you're not gonna think to do it every time which is totally fine but what you do start to do is notice the difference in your kids reaction Mm. when you do it Mm -hmm. and that is really what keeps you going with it it's so powerful that reaction piece yes so it's about the practice it's about giving yourself the space to no, not remember to do it. But then you start noticing. I mean, you know, I don't always think to do it. And so I, I see the difference, you know, in my own child. Mm-hmm. And then just adding one piece at a time. Like, yeah, nice. don't worry about the strengths yet. 
And then when you start adding in the strengths, just start with a positive interaction. Yeah, your kid just knocked over the blocks and then started putting them back together and you're just, ah, you're persistent. And then move on to like, oh, how could I find a strength in this moment where my kid just snuck into the back of the car and ate a bunch of candy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, didn't eat all of it. Right. That's good. Yeah. Look how independent you are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but there is, you're right. Like, there's always something that you can say. But so much of this, I think, is getting into the habit of thinking ahead a little bit, which is so hard. But I find personally to be one of both the most challenging parts of parenting a toddler or preschooler but also when I get it right but one of the most gratifying that like I when I get it right I feel practiced I feel like an Olympic athlete like I'm polished that's the word you know I I got this and I I know that when I pick the right strength to say or I have the right reaction that that is going to really work for me work hard for me and work hard for my child for the rest of the day sometimes which is amazing (laughs) and the cool thing about this is that even when you start kind of going down a path that you begin to regret you can immediately switch and it still works yes it's pretty amazing tell Um, us a little bit more about that as far as you can immediately switch what might that look like yeah we can have a good story about that (laughs) like say with the candy if I started by saying what are you doing in here why You're not supposed to have that. The normal reaction of most yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, what would she do if I said that? Probably get a long, a sad face or she'd maybe defend herself or, yeah. Yeah. And, um, or just, you know, well, I wanted this, right? If, if I kept going down my original path, it'd be like, well, you're not supposed to have that. You know better. You know, we've talked about this, whatever. But if I kind of stop and think, ah, no, <laughs> this isn't getting us where we want to go. Right. I literally could just in that moment say, uh, yeah, you really wanted that candy. Mm-hmm. You wanted it so bad that you, you know, snuck into the car to get it because you knew that I didn't want you to have it. That changes that's the whole time. Amazing. Like, oh my gosh. Like that's so it's and it is when you say it, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so obvious and so basic. But it does, it completely turns everything around. You're acknowledging what she did, you're acknowledging how it makes you feel, and And then she learns that it was not the right way to do it without you ever saying, don't do it. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing it's given me is a sense of taking the long view. Yes. Like, it's not actually that important that she ate a couple pieces of candy right now. It's it's more important that she learns this concept of self-control and, like, what tools could you use if you really want something but you know you're not supposed to? Or maybe it's about putting the candy out of sight or, you know, like, those are the important things that I actually want to teach her. Right. Yeah. How to learn um, how to self-regulate, actually. Yeah. And I understand that that's going to take so much practice. Yeah. And really, so this was just an opportunity where she practiced, didn't quite get it right. Yeah. <laughs> I can make space for that, you know. But yeah, you asked about ways of practicing this, starting with you want or mm-hmm. you wanted is a really yes. useful one for acknowledgement. That's yeah. great. <laughs> just that, I feel like I, I'm thinking of so many times in the last couple of days that if I had been using that, it would have been 
so much smoother. So, <laughs> And then what are, Tracy, can you just give us a few of your other favorite resources for parents who are interested in learning more about language and listening and other strategies like this? Yeah, um, well, like for a whole range of positive parenting strategies, of course, I think my book is an excellent resource. Right. Because <laughs> it, it really... I kind of went all out. It covers sleep, feeding, potty training, discipline, play, like executive function, all of it. And that's called um, zero to five. It is. Let me show you. It's pretty. There it blue is. Button. It is so pretty. It's got you know this one tip per page kind of thing with. It's almost it's almost like a, a cookbook or a recipe book, which I like the idea of because it's like it breaks it down into just yeah one one tip one recipe one thing that you need to think about today or right now. I love that. Great. The ingredients for yeah, for, a, for a good a happy parent and a happy child. There's your tagline. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. And then on my website, it's zero to five.net. I'm going to be developing a. a training specifically on language of listening where we'll go more deeply into all the pieces but the founder sandy blackard also has trainings as well and her website is languageoflistening.com so excellent we'll link to that as well in the show notes and then you know there are definitely a lot of other influences dan siegel is one the whole brain child that he co-authored with tina bryson and if you're sounds like your audience is toddlers but once you get into the that preschool phase and start noticing the triggers we'll all get there eventually <laughs> yeah their book uh, parenting from the inside out i found really helpful great and then just yeah like i'm part of this kind of mindfulness simplicity thoughtful parenting realm so books along those lines have been useful too i'm happy to send a list that Please do. Yeah, we'll put them all in the show notes. That would be really helpful. Thank you so much, Tracy. And thanks to all of our Community Lab members who are listening live. We're about to continue the discussion and open up for a Q&A session for you guys in just a minute. We've got a lot of questions here in the comments. But for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to the music we laugh and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts. Being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by heading to strengthinwords.com, joining our Strength in Words Weekly, where you can receive weekly ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler's developmental age to maximize that connection between you and your baby and to bring you peace of mind you have the resources you need at your fingertips. If you haven't done so yet, Please do leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out community.strengthinwords.com, your community and content hub that supports and nurtures you so you can nurture your tiny humans. Come take a one-week trial on me. See you next time.